Hello and happy. Uh, that sounds so canned. I'm doing. I don't care. I'm going with it. All right. Hello. Happy holidays. You are going to have a happy holiday. I'm going to make sure it's happy by <laughs> whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. <laughs> but this is a special crossover episode of top four. We are joined by the Hackett's Stephen and Mary. Hey, Stephen and Mary. What's up? Hi, we are here to rank our top four office Christmas episodes. Stephen and I host a show called Somehow I Manage over on the Incomparable Network, and it is a office rewatch show. So we thought it would be really fun to rank our favorite Christmas episodes of The Office. So we are joined by the Hackett's. Hey, Hackett's. <laughs> hey, guys. Marco, you kind of had an idea for how we were going to do this episode. Yeah, so normally in top four, we would go through our you know honorable mentions first and then we would count up four to one for our favorites uh but because we're picking from a fairly small pool of episodes i mean there's only about what seven or eight of these there's seven and so we're all going to have very similar picks i think and so i think what would instead be nice would be to go through them chronologically discuss the episodes on their own and then at the very end actually say our rankings i like it sounds good so yeah chronologically the first Christmas, which is actually not the first Christmas. It's, it's very actually far the from second me. Christmas. <laughs> well, not ever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it all started <laughs> years ago. Steve Carell. <laughs> yes. The common era began in, what, 2004 or whatever? That's right. <laughs> Your history brought to you by Top 4. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the first episode, which is actually season two. Season one did not have a Christmas episode. So we're jumping right into Christmas Party, which is the title of the season two Christmas episode. And that's episode 10. And this for for office people, I like I recognize this as the Jim and Pam teapot and video iPod episode. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like every one of these I kind of mark as with like milestones like, oh, yeah, it's the episode with blank. And so this was the one where... Jim gives Pam that teapot and then Michael has Yankee swap because he doesn't like Phyllis's gift of the handmade oven mitt. And Michael had gotten Ryan the video iPod uncomfortably for the $20 secret Santa limit. Uh, oh Kevin got gosh. his foot bath. It's it's that whole thing. And there's the there's the uh, incredibly uh, painful Yankee swap. Here's the deal. You can either pick a new gift or you can steal somebody else's gift they've already gotten, like the oven mitt. I'll take the teapot. Oh, shouldn't we? About that specifically for Pam. Yankee swap! That's what makes it fun. Pam, you can steal the oven mitt now. I'll take the iPod. And I have to give it to her, I don't have a choice. Yes. Now you can steal the oven mitt, the old shirt, or the shower radio, or pick a new gift. It's, it's really so awful. It's really rough. This also marks the introduction of Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. Does everyone know my boyfriend, Bob Vance? Kevin Malone. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Stanley Hudson. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Ryan Howard. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. So that's yes. good. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is, I believe this is the episode where Ryan asks, so what line of work are you in, Bob? And it just, yes. it kills me every time. <laughs> it is indeed that episode. I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the misuse of company property to hack part of the Christmas tree off with the paper cutter. A tree that you can sell to charity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what the season's for. Yeah, there, there was some amazing B-roll in this episode. Like, and I noticed, too, like as we watched through them, this one, be, being the oldest one, has a lot of slightly different stylistic 
methods of doing things that than the later ones do. Like they have a lot of really quick little interstitial scenes that you, you quickly cut away mm-hmm. for a few seconds to some scene of something happening in the office with no dialogue, just like, here's a couple of seconds of this thing going on, and then here's a couple more seconds of something else going on, and then then a scene with dialogue, and then here's a couple more little quick scenes. And there were a lot more of those in this one compared to any of the other ones. And it, and it was, I, I think it was used actually to great effect, even though, like, narratively, it doesn't leave a lot of room and that's why I think they, they probably went away from this style, you know, pretty soon afterwards. But I love little scenes, you know, like the the cutting off the, the tree with the paper cutter, um, vacuuming up the huge needle mess with a little tiny office dust buster. Like all those little <laughs> tiny little interstitials you see of just like a funny little quick scene in the office. That is way more prevalent in this episode than in any of the newer ones. Yeah. And I, it's funny you said that because I was trying to think of why, but this... The, like so every christmas i watch all of the office christmas episodes just me and myself it's just my my own little holiday tradition <laughs> um and this one feels really different than the others and i just wrote down classic but i didn't know why but i think that's what it is it's just this it's just like the original office it just it feels different and it's those little little bits that you have to be watching to catch it like angela outside smashing ornaments because she's angry at kelly yeah this is also like I, I noticed too like in just the general tone and mood and writing of this one this still has a lot of the early office and like you know the uk office inspired like darkness and and cruelty to mm-hmm. it like there's there's that underlying like like especially you know the, like the cruelty towards phyllis in the in the gift exchange for instance like that's where it's most noticeable in this episode i think and just like you know, just Michael just being super mean and Phil is just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. just being sad and it just kind of left there to simmer. Like it's just like the camera just kind of sits there and just watches. And like that's a style that the UK office used to great effect. That was kind of its style. And the US office, you know, we, we all know it started out doing that and it kind of got away from that over time, I think, for to good effect overall. Um, but in this, because this is so early in the series, you still have a lot of that like dark, cruel element to it that is significantly pulled back in later episodes i did notice in this episode that they at the very end they invite michael out yeah which i think through some of the middle episodes in the office that was not a thing thanks for the party michael oh hey listen up we're going to poor richards who's in i'm in yes michael poor richards yeah that sounds good and I really noticed that in this Christmas episode, it almost like it gave that little moment of redemption, like when Pam ultimately chooses the teapot and then Michael gets invited out with the group, even though he was kind of horrible the whole episode. <laughs> Maybe it's because Bob Vance had just met him, so he didn't realize how horrible he was yet. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to sell him a refrigerator is what he wanted to do. I mean, <laughs> the dude bought 15 bottles of vodka. How are you going to keep those? You know, <laughs> do you refrigerate vodka? I don't know. You have to drink it once it's open. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different series. <laughs> like, another, like a podcast about that a few years from now. I just high five Mary. I don't know if anyone saw. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can sum this episode up with Michael's line: "Happy birthday, Jesus! Sorry, your party's so lame." <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Who wants to head off? Uh, episode the next Christmas episode, which is a Benny Hanna Christmas season three, episode ten. Yeah, this one starts off where we see Michael's relationship with Carol come to an end because, of all things, he photoshopped himself 
into a photo of her children with her ex-husband on a ski trip, <laughs> which is just a normal thing to do to make it your Christmas card. What? This is so weird. I don't understand. It's a bold move to Photoshop yourself into a picture with your girlfriend and her kids on a ski trip with their real father. But then again, Michael's a bold guy. Is bold the right word? I like that he still has his tie on in the Photoshop, though. If you like look closely, he cropped it in such a way that that it's he still kind of has like a suit visible. Yeah, (laughs) well, he's not the world's best Photoshopper. Uh, But this this sends Michael in a spiral. And to uh, to help cheer things up, some of the guys decide they're going to go out for lunch. They're going to go out to Benihana. Also known as Asian Hooters. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not my words. I didn't say that. Well, I need my entourage. Jim, Dwight, Ryan, come on, we're going to Asian Hooters. You know, you're talking about the office. You can say the things that happened in the office because it happened in the office and it is <laughs> yeah. in no way reflection of your own beliefs. That's right. It's not cool if you're driving down the interstate and you see one of them on a sign and you, and you blurt out that. That's not cool. Right. Yeah, this to me, like this this episode is defined by the the Benihana experience and then the incredibly awkward you know party scene afterwards where michael Mm -hmm. is trying very hard to flirt Uh with the waitresses but has lost track of which one he's flirting with right check her out which my little gal over there babe electable which one is she it's though it's one of those two oh my god i always think of this episode as the nagasaki episode because it kind of it opened the doors to one of my favorite holiday drinks which is uh (laughs) Which is a Nagasaki. One part eggnog, three parts sake. Some places won't make it for you though because eggnog is seasonal. Yeah, it's we've actually created this before, and it's not amazing, but it's not as bad as you would think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really very good. <laughs> yeah, this, this is so. There's so many like wonderful little lines in this too. Like this is the one with the um, the can of expensive goose grease uh, reference oh at the beginning. Gosh. Like I just I loved. <laughs> so much about this episode um it this and this is this is the one where uh karen and pam start their own separate party planning committee fractured from the official party planning committee and have a rival party that's right the committee to plan parties invites you to a margarita karaoke christmas there's no such thing as the committee to plan parties there is now we just started it well you can't just start a committee you have to have funding what's your funding two hundred dollars what's ours again um two hundred and one dollars right Hey, a margarita karaoke Christmas party. That sounds like fun. No, that is not a party. There's only one party, and it's hosted by the party planning committee, and it starts at 3 o'clock. Then why are there two flyers? I I understand that this is confusing for everyone. Let me explain. There's a party that starts at 3. Right. And then there's a way more fun party that starts at 2.45. Right, and if you're interested in the way more fun party, all the info can be found here on our more brightly colored flyer. They introduced the karaoke machine, which actually every single other Christmas episode after this features that karaoke machine somewhere in it. <laughs> yeah, this has the the wonderful plush Dunder Mifflin robes. Mm-hmm. And my yes. favorite scene, which is like they have like their short one robe for the employees. This is like the employee gift. They're short one. So Michael says, take Toby's away. Yeah, when he's like laying on the floor in agony yeah. over his heartbreak. And then the whole episode is like, 
Toby just like envying all these and there's this amazing scene with where Kevin's in the break room making coffee or something and Toby <laughs> just comes in and like pats him on the back and he's wearing the robe and Toby just leaves his hand there really awkwardly and kind of pets him a little hey, long and Kevin gives this amazing look to the camera like that that I just I love that scene it's so well acted so good. <laughs> Another big part of this episode is Karen and Pam start a margarita Christmas party and Angela is having a nutcracker Christmas party and this is all happening in the office. These rival parties are are starting and while everyone else is out at Benihana. And I I can't believe that they had this in one Christmas episode. It feels really packed. Well, it was a long episode too. This yeah. was a 42 minute one. Uh, a few of them are like the double length episodes and like, so that's it, it it was just long, period. Um but also like <laughs> I love too like there there was so much in here. I loved actually at the Benihana where you have the, the dynamic where like they sat Dwight away from everyone else with the couple between them. And so the whole time he's like shouting and he can't join the conversation and they're playing pranks on him. Like there's just so much greatness in this episode. So many little gags and, you know, just little, you know, little funny lines or little funny dynamics like, like that, or like the party planning stuff. It's, it's, is a jam packed episode. You also have what may be one of my favorite pranks where Pam has been recruiting Dwight for the CIA, apparently over the course of weeks or months. (laughs) And, and the final present is to Jim that he gets to pick where his mission is going to be. Um, and Jim is kind of like, hey, you know, I'm not going uh, to take part of this necessarily, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but then Jim says, hey, actually, they're going to send a helicopter. And uh, we see Dwight later on the roof waiting for the helicopter. And then he gets a text saying, like, your phone has been compromised. And he just chunks his phone off the roof, which is <laughs> fantastic. Guys, I laugh so hard every time like it's the first time i've ever seen it and i know what's gonna happen it's just (laughs) it is one of my favorite scenes he just without hesitation bonk and i love too i love that you can hear it hit the ground yeah (laughs) it's it's pretty subtle because it's pretty far (laughs) that's great (laughs) oh yeah this and and this too like you know like steven you mentioned about like the whole you know jim is kind of low on the prank at first because in the con like i had to remind myself of the context of all these episodes in this episode jim has already gone off to stanford come back he's Mm -hmm. now he's currently with karen and pam is like about to get back with roy so there's this whole like dynamic there's that's that's kind of why jim like doesn't want to get into right. Pam's prank at first. And, and like at first I had forgotten that detail. And then I was like, oh yeah. And then I, you, you, you kind of like look at the episode titles and descriptions on Netflix, like between this and the other one, you're like, oh, a lot has happened in the mm-hmm. meantime. And, and Jim was made second in command after the merger. Right. So he's like, hey, I'm kind of like yeah. trying, to, trying to be more mature, yeah. So the next one that we have on the list is Moroccan Christmas, which is season five, episode 11, where Phyllis takes over as head of the party planning committee, and she is about to throw her first Christmas party. This is the first Christmas party I'm throwing as head of the party planning committee. The theme is night in Morocco. This isn't your grandmother's Christmas party. Unless, of course, she's from Morocco, in which case it's very accurate. And the reason why, again, is like so much has happened between these two these two episodes. This is two <laughs> seasons later, right? And so in this one, Angela is cheating on Andy with Dwight, 
and Phyllis knows. And so Phyllis is blackmailing Angela the entire time. That's why she was able to plan the whole party because she has this giant thing over Angela and Angela is just basically doing whatever Phyllis wants and Phyllis is taking full advantage of that. So I think this is our first like really unconventional Christmas that we're seeing at the office. Phyllis is, uh, she has a little um, adventure in her, which I like that they bring that out in her character. And we're really seeing that by the type of party she wants to plan. Yes. If I, like, of all seven Christmas parties, I would most want to attend a Moroccan-themed Christmas party, but not that one because it was so <laughs> terribly awkward. <laughs> well, it's very accurate if it's uh, if your grandmother is from Morocco. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The North African kings can stay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shove baby Jesus in the drawer. Yeah, and have Andy playing a, the giant sitar in the corner the whole time yeah. awkwardly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, Jim Jim walks by and says, hey, do you take requests? And he's like, sure. He's like, please stop. We're trying to have a party. <laughs> trying to have a Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, so the main rivalry in this episode is the Phyllis versus Angela, and then we have Meredith versus alcohol, I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, we also have Dwight versus capitalism. Fa la 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 ka-ching. Yeah, we have a whole bunch going on here. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> this is the Princess Unicorn episode. Yeah, where Dwight corners the market on the on the Princess Unicorn dolls, right, as all the kids want them for Christmas that year. And he's spending the whole episode selling them to randos who walk in. <laughs> my horn can pierce the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I have that echoing in my mind more often than I probably should. <laughs> and I love too. I love that like no one else knows it, but Michael knows it. <laughs> yes, because he obviously watches a lot of TV and possibly like <laughs> children's cartoons <laughs> where they yeah. would show those commercials. Hey, is that Princess Unicorn? I thought they were all sold out. They are now. Cool. My horn can pierce the sky. We do. Uh, we do see the like you said, Meredith versus alcohol, where Michael is just. Uh, Serving serving drinks and Meredith's getting drunker and drunker. This is equal parts. Scotch, absinthe, rum, gin, vermouth, triple sec, and two packs of Splenda. Call it a one of everything. Oh. My. God! <laughs> Hit me again! All right. One more time around the block. And this ends with her hair catching fire in the conference room. Um... And then there's a, then there's a sit down on the floor conference room meeting where they're going to have a intervention for Meredith, and it goes about as well as you think it will. I think this is about when intervention was really popular on TV, and I think that that's what they were kind of trying to parody. That and Michael was taking it into his own hands, where he's like, "I'm going to do this intervention." Everyone in the office is trying to be like, "You shouldn't do this. You're not a professional. You don't know what yeah. you're doing." But of course, he goes ahead and does it anyway, and then later on proceeds to drag Meredith to the rehab center after a <laughs> after a thrilling chase through the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a deposit when alcoholic. That's right. <laughs> Um, and we see Angela just be done with this and tell Phyllis, you're not, you know, you're not going to say anything. And then Phyllis just tells everybody, but Andy's not in the room and he, he walks in right after this happens and they don't tell him and he, he and Angela leave. And it's just, you can cut the awkwardness with a knife here where it's like, everybody knows, but him, we find out in future episodes that that Andy doesn't know for some time, which is just terrible. Yeah, this episode really ends on quite the the awkward downer. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> for a Christmas party. Yeah, like the rest of it is is like fairly upbeat, you know, fairly oh holiday spirit. Here's some funny things, and then it just ends with this giant bomb, and everyone is just mortified and dumbfounded and <laughs> speechless. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think Dwight even says, well, don't look so surprised. It's like, oh, Dwight. <laughs> I knew it. You did not know it. I knew some of it. Everyone knew some of it. It's Christmas. You knew it. Thank you. I knew it. She knew it. So next up, we have Secret Santa, which is the season six Christmas episode, uh, episode 13. And in this episode, um, Phyllis is Santa Claus. But before we actually get into talking about what's happening in this episode, I want to point out and probably Mary, you might notice this too, because if you rewatch this as often, like every single year, uh, do you watch them in order? I do. So do you notice that it starts off the very first Christmas episode is very much like we can't drink in the office that's like a yes (laughs) and then gradually every single christmas episode they get more and more and more drunk and there's more and more and more alcohol yes it's like a open bar yeah yes (laughs) it like finally ends with like robert california like pouring drinks all over like you know what i mean like there's so much (laughs) right (laughs) as the office goes on we get progressively more and more meredith here (laughs) yes i don't think i want that (laughs) so yeah so let's um let's go over what happened in secret santa this is the one where aaron is getting the 12 days of christmas present from andy including (laughs) andy's wonderful is it my fault that the first eight days is basically 30 birds (laughs) (laughs) that's that's such a good line (laughs) (laughs) there's that whole dynamic between them you have um phyllis who has been given permission by co-manager now, I think, right, uh, Jim. Yep. But then Michael insists on being Santa as well. So there's this whole thing where he's like, you know, petulantly insisting on being Santa the whole time, even though Phyllis has, you know, has, you know been granted the official Santa for, the, for this year. I have been wanting to be Santa for years. I believe I have the right temperament and the figure to do the job well. And yeah, like at this point, Jim and Pam are married. Pam is pregnant. Like there's so, so much has happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is also the one where Dwight has that amazing secret Santa where he's being given all these like machine parts <laughs> to build what he initially thinks is a gun. If one of those parts isn't a gun, then you don't have a gun. What is <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> that's another good one. Well, I don't have all the pieces yet. Well, unless the missing pieces is a gun, you don't have a gun. Not a gun. Yeah, there were a lot of good lines in this one. We also have Pam playing matchmaker with Oscar and Matt, the new warehouse worker. And uh, she says, they're the only two gay guys I know, but they deserve to be together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, and right now heading up the party planning committee for this one is Jim and Dwight, as we said, and that's why Phyllis got granted her uh, Santa status. And they unveil an empty tree which is a big deal and everyone in the office is is very dumbfounded by this and it sparks one of those comedy moments where everyone has a comment (laughs) about the tree 30 29 28 why would you start 27 3 2 1 you didn't decorate it no exactly we didn't because we think it would be better to do it together everyone why would you wrap it in a sheet if you're not covering anything up is is it fake pam yeah Yes, we are unveiling an artificial tree that will never die. Yes. Like the spirit of Christmas. We're supposed to applaud you for taking a giant dab off a fake tree. This was a successful unveiling. 
Go back to work. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I mean, these are the same guys who did It Is Your Birthday. Yes. So. yes and the blank and cake. <laughs> yep. Brown and gray balloons. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the episode where Michael um, enters dressed as Jesus when he is denied his Santa status. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Behold, Jesus Christ. And I bring to you glad Christmas tidings. I want to remind everyone the true meaning of Christmas. He proceeds to heckle on the um, karaoke machine while everyone is opening their final gifts. And so this is another Christmas episode where Michael is just kind of ruining things for everybody. That's what he does. It wouldn't be the holidays without somebody being really disappointed. And <laughs> you know, that's, that's how many of us have never seen you know a gathering like that? Like it's 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 pretty common. <laughs> this is also the one where uh, David Wallace has this phone call at the end, uh, where it's revealed that uh, Dunder Mifflin is being sold, and that most of the execs, including him, are going to be fired, and they're going to have a new owner. And that kind of that's like, you know, so many of these episodes start out with like a basic celebration and then end in some kind of giant downer. And that's the one here where it's less of a downer than than the, uh, you know, uh, Angela affair reveal in the last one. But it's still like this massive bomb to the plot that that is going to bring a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting that on several occasions they put this big plot piece in a Christmas episode. I guess if they're longer, they have more time. There's also usually a break between this episode and when it picks back up after the new year. So you can have like sort of that mid-season finale type thing. Like but, a little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. But I definitely noticed it in this one that because this really kicks off, I mean, really like a season and a half or two seasons, even more of corporate change at Dunder Mifflin. Like all these like business side of things that aren't in the show in previous seasons. But it all starts here. Like tucked in the Secret Santa episode. So our next one we have on the agenda is Classy Christmas, Season 7, Episode 11 and 12. Yeah, we're well into the Saber era now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam is office administrator. Uh, Gabe and Aaron are dating. Daryl is in his upstairs office now. Angela's with the state senator. <laughs> oh, my god, That ends well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we see uh, this is when Holly is going to be coming back because toby i don't know if you guys knew this toby served on a jury <laughs> oh uh, did he i don't know if he's mentioned that <laughs> some people that i podcast with think that he's the strangler but he's not <laughs> i don't know who that could be <laughs> i won't say who uh, <laughs> so there's this anticipation on michael's part really just like a child has anticipation leading up to christmas that hey, something awesome is going to happen. Holly's going to come back. And so he really wants to raise the bar this year with the party. He doesn't want a Moroccan theme, apparently. He doesn't want these other things. He wants it to be classy. So there's nice Christmas lights up. There is one musician because you can pay one for more hours than four musicians. So that works out. (laughs) Uh, And he, he really wants everything to be to be perfect, but as is often in the office's case, things sort of fall apart as things unfold. He's wearing like a Santa beret. Yeah. The whole, like, what is no, that? No, it's, it's one of those, um, <laughs> oh, it's like one of those, uh, okay, when he's date Mike, he wears that hat. Yes. 
It's that kind of hat with a Santa thing on it. Yeah. I can't think of the name for it, but it's almost like a newsy hat turned backwards. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it has like it has a kangaroo on it. They have names. It has a name. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> Everyone listening is yelling at us right now. I know, right? Well, that's <laughs> good. Welcome Does to the top four. Anybody have the internet on them? <laughs> uh, also in this episode we have the epic snowball war between Dwight and Jim. Yes. Oh my gosh. Then I challenge you to a snowball fight on the first real snow of winter. You got it. That sounds awesome. Can we all do it? No, Andy, it's a snowball fight. It's not fun. Go get your own thing. Beat it. I actually, I find this so dark that it actually puts me off this episode a little bit. Like, it, like that really? whole angle of it with, you know, all the, like, the psychological torment that, that Jim is going through from Dwight, like, from the it snow. So the weird like You're right. I, yeah, like, the weird, like, creepy snowman thing and all the violence. Like, I actually don't like this episode as much because of that angle of it. Dwight got to you. <laughs> um, I was laying on the ground defenseless and uh, he just kept throwing him until he exhausted himself and uh, then how about icing it lol Dwight uh, Daryl also has his kid with him in the office yeah that's another part of this episode a window gets broken because of a snowball because of the snowball fight um, actually the party itself was postponed they originally in the beginning of the episode they were about to have their regular Christmas party and then Michael pushes it back a week in order for it to be the holiday party when Holly is there the um, holiday yeah. party oh, oh. <laughs> Um, and uh, AJ shows up, I believe, in this episode yeah, as well. This is the one with the Woody doll incident mm-hmm. uh, where Michael you know, tr- defaces Holly's <laughs> Woody doll because he's so he's so, you know, jealous because she's with somebody else now. And I mean, because the, again, this, this is one of the double length episodes. So this there's a lot of just time in this episode for tons of stuff crammed in here. You know, like, as you mentioned, you know, Daryl brings his daughter Jada and uh, they try to figure out stuff for her to do. That's fun. We have like Angie, a- Andy being the Grinch in the warehouse and then Jada going around giving out stuff from the vending machine. I, I just I love <laughs> I, I, we have Pam making the Jimmy Halpert comic for Jim because like and then Jim. Yes, buys her a super Damien. expensive necklace and they have like you know bracelet bracelet whatever yeah and and like you know she's worried <laughs> that it's not enough and all this stuff and i love that the whole time there's just this upright bass player just playing all day long behind the, in the background <laughs> yep. the, the this, one musician that he could hire like it's just the whole episode is is you know undergirded by just occasional bass music that you hear <laughs> just mm-hmm. wonderful what is i think a little bit different about this one even though the dwight jim thing is dark the Michael story ends on a bit of an of an upbeat. So Holly knows that what Michael did, but she lies to AJ about it. And this is where we learn about the um, the ultimatum that hey, she you know Holly wants commitment from AJ, and she's kind of put him on blast about it. And and so Michael kind of sees an opening, and he says you know that he's prepared to wait it out. And so we see Michael kind of enter this episode and leave this episode with this like hopeful anticipation that things will work out. So next up we have Christmas wishes, which is season eight, episode 10. And in this one, Andy's in charge. Christmas time is here. Wow. Thanks guys. That sounded amazing. Hi, I'm Andy Bernard and I am the first office Santa ever to make holiday wishes come true. Yeah, Robert California is the CEO now. Uh, we have Kathy 
uh, there, you know, like as the Jim temptress role. And then Andy has this weird thing where like Kathy wants to leave Jim and Dwight's desk clump because they prank each other too much. And I I love when Andy puts on his hard ass hat to explain (laughs) this to them. Uh, That's that's just I, I love I love Andy as manager so much. And then and this is actually one of the only times that we see this like he's not manager for very long right <laughs> i don't know we'll have to wait yeah, to guess... get to it in our show <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah this uh, they have this whole thing where like because of you know the this uh you know kathy wanted to leave their desk clump because they keep pranking each other andy requires jim and dwight to not prank each other for the whole christmas episode and if they do the whoever is pranked instead of pranking gets both people's christmas bonuses so the whole episode is spent with them like trying to entrap the other person into pranking them so they can get the christmas (laughs) bonus money dwight really wants my bonus he's trying to entrap me oh god no i can't drink at this thing i get really pranky when i drink it's a neat spin on things actually it is Oh my goodness. When Dwight orders a super expensive um, flower delivery for Pam <laughs> from Jim. Like, oh. This is also the episode of Drunken Aaron while Robert I California know. is making her a bunch of drinks and Overdressed Val, who is the new foreman down in the warehouse. I meant dressed up compared to normal. You usually dress like a Ghostbuster. <laughs> okay. I thought you wear a sweater. Since when does a sweater mean dressed up? Am I your grandson? Come on, stay. Yeah, Daryl invites Val up to the party and tells her it's really dressed up. And so she comes in a gown and <laughs> she's way overdressed because Daryl didn't properly communicate that with the precision that uh, somebody, you know, familiar with formality of parties might might expect. And then there's this wonderful thing where, you know, she's obviously feeling really awkward the whole time because she's so overdressed. And then Daryl at some point leaves and comes back wearing a tux. Yeah. To kind of like, you know, make her fit in better and feel better. That that was such a cute move. Yeah. It was good. Was uh, one thing uh kind of underlying all of this is is that andy's trying to make everyone's christmas wishes come true but the string is that they have to be nice to his new girlfriend jessica which is what sends aaron off in this spiral but um so we see we see like andy doing the thing that andy often does like making his personal life way too central in the office but that's what andy does i guess he feels things deeply he does. Okay. He does. Yeah. So all of this, it's some um, of the wishes include driving Meredith home because it's uh, so Andy yes. brought his bike and <laughs> and that kind of leads to him checking on Aaron because Robert California brings Aaron home and Andy wants to make sure that he is uh, has the, has the right intentions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Finally, our last episode for consideration is Dwight Christmas, which is season nine, episode nine. Yeah, the context for this one is that Jim is about to leave to start his Philly job. And I'm sorry, one word, one word can remind everyone what this episode is about. And that word is Belschnickel. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, judgment is nigh, for the Belschnickel is I. Yes, he is finally nigh. It's the Belschnickel episode. That is that is basically <laughs> most of what you need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's this dynamic where uh, Daryl wants to go with Jim to the job, and apparently, like, Jim had given Daryl the impression that he was going to take him with him, um, but ha- just hasn't yet. 
And so Daryl thinks that Jim forgot about this offer and is basically getting bombed the entire episode, like drowning himself in, in, in pity because he's, you know, allegedly not going to Philly. Um, the, the party planning committee has forgotten to make a Christmas party somehow. I feel and like so, that's the key here is that right. like, they just forgot to do Christmas. They have that shot of like a paper turkey still out. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you can kind of see how that could happen. Like, yes. you know, sometimes, you know, people are really busy around the holidays. And sometimes, like, if if everyone in the office was super busy the whole time, or, you know, maybe, like, if some of the key party people had their own stuff going on during this time, like, maybe that could happen, you know? Uh, so that that's how the, that's how Dwight's Pennsylvania Dutch traditional party with Belschnickel uh, basically came to be. <laughs> Dwight's character comes with a whole wide range of sayings and he's in this costume and he hits people with a switch. Um, something, Marco, that you've pointed out several times now is how much has changes between these episodes. Uh, the big thing here is that we have a couple of our new characters, in this case, Pete and Aaron. They're not together. Uh, I think at this point, Aaron is still dating Andy, but he is off sailing his family's boat slash being in movies as at Helms. And so we have this like <laughs> kind of tension between Pete and Aaron. They're going to watch Die Hard together. It's Pete's favorite movie. And Aaron um, like is warm to him. And then Pete like tries to comfort her. And then Aaron kind of pushes, pushes back again. It's kind of this back and forth we see with them for a little while. You can't forget about Toby's kiss. Yeah. It's a lot of burgeoning relationships. Yeah, this Nellie's here now, and Toby thinks the Scranton Strangler, whose jury he served on, is innocent. And he basically talks Nellie's ear off the entire episode, culminating in her kissing him just to shut him up, basically. So, yeah, that brings us to all the episodes. I think we did a really good job explaining them and reminding people what they were. Um, so let's uh, let's read a little ad, and then let's get to our rankings. If you need some food to go along with your office Christmas uh, marathon that you're watching. Yes, which you, can, you should definitely do now that we have <laughs> gave you that idea. Yeah, you thing. can totally just open up your phone and go to the app store and download the DoorDash app. You don't even need to get off your couch. You don't. You can stay right where you, or right where you are as long as you're not like driving right now. Stay right where you are and go to the app store and get the DoorDash app. You have plenty on your to-do list. Laundry, emails, errands, holiday stuff, good no who, who knows what else, right? Give yourself one less thing to worry about. Let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Do you need a hog maw last minute with a pig rib? <laughs> Call up DoorDash. <laughs> DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is super easy. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food is left safely outside your door with their contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada and Australia, you can support your local go-tos, or you can choose from your favorite national restaurants. DoorDash has lots of them on there, like Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, so much more. We have used DoorDash. We use DoorDash. It is fantastic. It is just so nice and easy. You know, those nights where you're just really busy and you just need dinner to happen and you don't have the time or the energy or the groceries to make it happen right now, go to DoorDash. It's so helpful. You, our wonderful listeners, can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more by downloading the DoorDash app in the App Store and using code TOP4 at checkout. That's $5 off 
and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code TOP4. Download that now. Don't forget, that's code TOP4 for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of TOP4 and all of Relay FM. All right, so it's time to finally rank our favorites. Or honorable mentions. <laughs> if you have an honorable mention of like one that just didn't make your list and like you're like, just barely I just got to tell everyone I still like it. The last three are all kind of equal in my eyes, but my, so I don't know that I have an honorable mention. My number four though is the Dwight Christmas. Because while it's, it's so funny, it's so quotable, there are other ones that I like more, which I won't talk about yet. Ambitious, admirable. That was a bad or admirable. It's a bad accent. Yes, <laughs> that was your that was your Belschnickel. Hush. <laughs> you should be embarrassed. Wow. You need to practice that by the time we get to this episode. Yeah, Mary's going to switch. <laughs> oh God. I, I, uh, let's not go there. I just want the wooden bowl. <laughs> it's a nice bowl. It is. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe some nice canning rings. Yeah, you know, like Dwight's grandmother carved that wooden bowl with like the femur bone of her first husband or something. You know, <laughs> Dwight has some sort of crazy story about that. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to go right ahead and say that this is also my number four because I I just love a Belschnickel. I couldn't leave yes. it off the list. It's so iconic. Or the, the Everything else around the Belschnickel doesn't really like put me in the holiday spirit, but the Belschnickel just squeezed itself like right onto the list um otherwise my i have an honorable mention of classy christmas so i really like that episode i think it's very very good i love the alternative view of everything with holly being back the bear man comic um that just touches me and it well in you know the heart (laughs) and uh yeah so that was my honorable mention number four is uh dwight's christmas along with mary see i had dwight's christmas as my honorable mention uh, it didn't quite make the ranking for me because I I, I kind of wish there was more of the Dwight Christmas in the episode. Like it, it just kind of left me wishing for a, a little bit more of that. That's uh, that's really interesting because I'm going to break the format now and saying Dwight Christmas is my number three pick. I really like the Dwight stuff, but I also like the dynamic between Jim and Daryl and this whole situation that unfolds with Jim leaving and like all of the sort of the turmoil turmoil he accidentally, I think mostly accidentally creates. And so Dwight Christmas gets bumped up one for me. So what was your number four? Uh, I'm going to put Bindi Hanna Christmas in number four. I, I think that it is, you know, it's quotable and it's fun. Um, and I think it just inches out maybe some other ones. And I think mainly, Mainly because of the CIA bit with Dwight. I just, I love that so much. I think that it deserves a place on the, on my list. All right. So Mary, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Classy Christmas. Uh, mainly because of the snowball torture. I <laughs> It affects me in the opposite way, Marco. <laughs> Mary has I mean, a dark side. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I went for number three. I went with um, Moroccan Christmas. Um, I, I love like so much about it. It, it, you know, it, it has the wonderful, you know, the, the, the crazy blackmail angle. Um, it has the wonderful, like through line of Dwight selling the princess unicorn dolls. Um, the, the Meredith intervention gets a little bit it, like it kind of takes a, a, a brief slowdown for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like I, this, I, we also forgot to mention, I, this has, I think one of the best cold opens in the whole series. Oh, I was just going to this is my number three yeah, too. <laughs> this is the one where where Dwight where uh, Jim has gift wrapped 
everything about Dwight's desk individually. <gasps> yeah, oh, so he yeah. has like the in the, the chair, the desk, everything the on bobble it. Bobblehead. Yeah, every belonging <laughs> on it is individually wrapped. And then Dwight, you know, throws his bag on it, and the whole thing collapses because it actually is like not even his real desk or chair. <laughs> That's I think one of the best cold opens in the whole series. So for me, number three, Moroccan Christmas. That's fair. I'm with you. I'm with you on the number three for Moroccan Christmas. I love the Dwight's gift wrap open. I love that Phyllis is finally head of the party planning committee, that she throws this crazy alternative party. You have a great, um, you know, the princess unicorn. I I really like everything that's happening here. I love a drunk Meredith. I love that she is resisting that she's an alcoholic. I love their chase scene in the parking lot, as ridiculous as it is. I love that it goes on a little too long, that I actually like that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah number three moroccan christmas that's why i forgot to mention my number four <laughs> i'm really good at this no you did <laughs> no, I, 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 you I said did? my honorable oh my goodness but my number four is actually the first one <gasps> season two christmas party the teapot slash yankee swap episode number four that's my number four i the uh, the only reason it, it, it does have some amazing like you know just classic office stuff in it I, I would have ranked it higher, except because it is like so cruel and mean, with like towards Phyllis oh. and the Yankee Swap. I I couldn't I couldn't quite put it higher. Hmm. Wow, I'm really surprised how we all have kind of like the different base level that we're starting at. Now I'm really yeah. curious where this is going to go. I thought we were all going to have the same list, and now <laughs> I'm thrilled. Me too. I was thinking that at least at least fifty percent we're going to have pretty much the, you know the same ones and twos, but nope. Nope. Hmm. And then, uh, Stephen, have we heard your three yet? Uh, yeah, three. My number three was Dwight Christmas. So God. we got that. We got that knocked out. I ranked that higher than other people. Mary, number two. Uh, my second favorite is Benny Hanna Christmas, mainly because of the helicopter scene and how hard it makes me laugh every <laughs> time, and just the quotability and I love the Angela Dwight, just the power struggles in the office, <laughs> and I like Karen. And Pam teaming up and having like girl power, being on the same team. I just love it. So my number two is the first episode, the number one episode. <laughs> my number two is the number one. <laughs> is the original Christmas party episode. I love Mine the too. tea. Ah, hey, high five. Hey. Uh, I love the teapot joy that just I, it's just so nice. I love the crazy wild party that kind of happens after all of the tension that goes down with the Yankee swap. Um, uh, Packard shows up, right? Doesn't he show yes. up and everything's all crazy yes, and they're all like yep. drunk and Michael's taking like pictures everywhere. Um, I, I just I get really into this because I feel like it's such a it boils down to everything that is the office Christmas episodes. Like when I think office Christmas, mm -hmm. I think of this one. Uh, I think of them setting up the uh, conference room with the tablecloth and Angela, like trying to get it fanned out and no one's helping her. Like, or, or was that, Pam, it doesn't matter. But like the, still the whole dynamic, the way Marco kind of described it in the beginning of all of these little shots of everyone kind of getting this party together, the, the, the crazy tree cutting with the, um, with the paper slicer, like all, all these little things together <laughs> make it such a wonderful Christmas episode. So many gems. And I think, you know, at this point in the series, we're still meeting all of these people. Right. And I, I do agree with, I don't remember who said it, but that they kind of steered away from that in later seasons because it took up a lot of time. But also I think we kind of know these people better now. So if we don't see Oscar up close for three or four episodes, 
it's mostly okay. But here, you know, season one, season two, we kind of are learning how these people will respond to different things. And I think that's one reason we kind of get the bouncy ball effect in these edits. My number two is Christmas Wishes, season eight one. Oh, uh, this is the huh. one with um, whoa, left field. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one with the uh, the reverse prank war. I I love that so much. Like, I I just I loved the like you can't prank each other dynamic and the reverse prank war that resulted from that. Um, I just I really enjoyed that when I and I also I loved the Daryl and Val romance beginning with you know the gown and the tux and everything like I, I love that. The the only thing I didn't like about this episode is. There is this section towards the end where Dwight puts on the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Carol of the Bells. And, like, first of all, of course, Dwight would be super into that. Like, I'm so, like, that part is great. (laughs) What I don't like so much is that 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 plays over a gift giving montage and they waste a lot of time in that montage with, like, Dwight just, like, air guitaring to the music. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't like this is one of my pet peeves about the office. This happened a lot in the later seasons. I don't like when they when they waste a bunch of time just like jamming to music with like with the characters just doing mm. something to music. Like How that, dare you? I, that's I know people <laughs> like that. I don't like that. So that's the that's the, that's the main reason this is number two instead of number one for me. Hmm. Okay. I'm learning so much about you, Marco. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one, Mary, what do you got? Christmas party, the OG. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's a little bit of, you guys all said it so well. Um, what's, I don't know what the name for it. I'm sure there's a term for it in film circles, but you know what's going to happen to these characters and you know how they're going to change, like after watching them after, you know, years and years, seasons upon seasons. And then to go back and watch the original, you're like, oh yeah, she was so uptight. Oh yeah, she was so, you know. <laughs> um, I just really, it just, I feel like I'm going home when I watched the first episode. So you think that the way you view this episode has changed in light of the rest of the series? Yes, definitely. Interesting. But I always loved it. I mean, the first time that we watched it, but I think that's also part of it is that I remember like, I mean, were we even, no, we weren't married. Let's see. Now this came out in 2005, so definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was like happy college memories of, oh, we used to watch these together. The Christmas party. So the OG, yeah, this it's such a good episode. My number one, though. Ugh, I mean, come on, everyone. I'm. I'm shocked. I don't know what you're going to say. I'm honestly shocked that this is not everyone's number one. It's a Benihana Christmas. That's my number one, too. Uh. It's like, all right, so coming off of the very first Christmas episode, which is, like you said, it's the canonical office Christmas episode. It's almost like when, like, Empire Strikes Back. There's it's such a downer. Like you go from such a high to like such a downer. I mean, there it's just like Michael's dumped, right? So the the party's almost can't. Jim is nervous about Pam and Karen getting together. There's like awkward waitress dates. There's yeah, the you know, party planning committee friction. Yeah, the party planning committee stuff. Dwight's separated from the group at Benny Hanna's. Angela's an absolute nightmare. Kevin is singing <laughs> "You Ought to Know." Like yeah. it's like there's a party versus party. Like there's so much. Toby doesn't get a robe. <laughs> Toby doesn't get a rope i mean there's so much like drama going on and i just i absolutely love the drama i love that there's this weird 
Christmas lunch going on in the middle of it. We have stuff happening back at the office. It's the most dynamic Christmas episode to me. And that's why it absolutely had to be number one. Yeah, that's why it's mine as well. It's so, it's just so good. There's so much in there. And, and it ends with someone (gasps) saying that they're going to go to Sandals Jamaica with Michael. Yeah, (laughs) right. I mean, that sets off a whole season. He gets a yes. I remember watching that the first time and being like, who is it? I don't know who it could be. Who would say yes to him? Yeah, I had no clue. Like, I did, I did not guess it at all. <laughs> Me neither. Tan, Tan everywhere. everywhere. Yep. Jan, Jan everywhere. Wake <laughs> me up I... as she rolls over. Um. Oh, my. It's wow. okay, because it was set on The Office. That's right. I think I also got the quote wrong. I think it's, I don't know what it is. Anyways, my number one is going to upset some people. By people, do you mean me or all of us? Uh, Marco, mostly. And I'm putting Classy Christmas as number one. (gasps) Wow. And I absolutely love that Dwight terrorizes Jim. That that (laughs) scene at the end where he's walking through the parking lot full of snowmen and Dwight is on the again on the roof. I love when Dwight's on the roof, basically. (laughs) Oh, and it's like foggy. Oh god, it's so good. Yeah, and he looks at the camera and says something along the lines of, like, the real gift is fear or something. (laughs) Happy holidays. (laughs) In the end, the greatest snowball isn't a snowball at all. It's fear. Merry Christmas. I love that. Uh, I also, and maybe it's that I'm a softie, but I love that Michael and Holly are finding their way back together slowly. Um, I love the bit with Daryl and his daughter. You know, this... Uh, part of this episode is that Daryl's kind of struck out with his daughter recently and she doesn't really want to spend Christmas with him. She wants to be with her mom and, and there's like this kind of rally of people to help Daryl like kind of win her over at Christmas. And I just, I really like that. And I don't know, maybe I'm a softie, but this one is just, um, it's it's special to me. Also, I played bass in high school and college, so maybe it's, you know, that the bass player has his moment. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> the constant bass in the background. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's more than a moment. <laughs> it's classic. The bass player has his eight hours. <laughs> has his eight hours in the sun. Uh, there's also this really very, like, quick little moment where we learn a little bit more about Kevin that he doesn't know what a comptroller is. And it's like, I love when we find things out about people, like, years in. Like, of course Kevin doesn't know what that is because kevin is not very good at his job but there's like still little touches does anyone know what a comptroller is i was gonna say <laughs> i don't honestly i could not define it's that like the head accountant me. the chief accountant oh in a company. that does make it more funny yes yeah because kevin is yeah. ostensibly an accountant <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he sits with other accountants at least yeah right. <laughs> uh, so i don't know i just i like this one i like all the feelings Wow. Sorry. I'm sorry that you, no, you guys are all heartless. Don't apologize. All the feelings and all the fear. <laughs> all the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Dwight's a terrorist, maybe, but it's a little bit. Uh, He's like a Bond villain on top of that roof. I absolutely yeah. love it. Well, just like, an, and all like the clever contraptions. Like he has that gift, and it's like. Guys, the disguises. The Stanley wig. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's right. The, wig. the wigs for everyone in the oh. office. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Amazing. He legit fooled me with that in the episode. <laughs> he like wraps that present and Jim thinks it's from Pam and he opens it and a snowball like flings up right. and, using their nicknames uh, for each other. Their affectionate <laughs> Yeah, your affectionate nicknames is your undoing. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Dwight wins. Yeah, it really it really shows like 
how like you know jim seems to be really good at pranks because he he pays a lot of attention to things he's very quick with things he 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 like well he's willing to put a lot of time and effort into pranks and this really shows that dwight can do a, a similar like degree of advanced pranking in slightly different ways but like still this really shows that like he's capable of it and he will you know take it out when it's warranted yeah, and his are definitely more maniacal you're right about that oh yeah <laughs> So yeah, there. Um, so besides me and Marco picking the same number one, um, but I think overall everyone being different, that was pretty great. Yeah, that was very interesting. I'm uh, I'm curious to see what some of our listeners would rank as their favorites because I don't know about you guys, but I totally checked online to see some of the top lists, and almost all of them are identical. And I think that that's why I wasn't really huh. expecting any surprises here. But it turns mm-hmm. out um, there are a bunch of surprise snowballs ready to <laughs> hurl themselves at our windows. And I think we mentioned every episode. Nobody said Secret Santa. Yeah, season six. No no, no love for uh, the 30 birds. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, so that's the one, that's the one dud, I guess, yeah. out of them. According to us, the experts. Oh, no one likes Phyllis's Santa. That's too bad. I liked Santa Phyllis. I love that part of it. I just don't like the storyline. Yeah. It. And it doesn't make me, you know, I re- realized as I'm looking at these, I kind of rated them in like with a, my personal laugh-o-meter. Like this one makes me laugh a lot. So that's my favorite. This one, you know, I like this part of it. I like this part of it, but I didn't laugh as much. So that one was lower down on my scale. That's exactly what I did. It was how much I wrote down and how much I laughed. Yeah. yeah it's like how much, how much was I tempted to take my phone out and browse something as opposed to pay attention versus <laughs> how, like some of these, like I, I would, I, I will just lock my attention on the whole time. So I'd like to thank the Hackett's for joining us. And I would like to thank Marco and Mary for joining us. Thanks to everyone except Tiff for joining us today. <laughs> I am the common denominator. That's right. That brought us together during the holidays. I'm the spirit of Christmas. You are. I am the snowball of fear. (laughs) Oh, God. The greatest snowball is Tiff. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. That was so cheesy. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I I can't. I'm not very good at this. (laughs) Just put in our usual ending. Yep. Christmas is awesome. First of all, you get to spend time with people you love. Secondly, you can get drunk and no one can say anything. Third, you give presents. What's better than giving presents? Uh, Fourth, getting presents. So four things, not bad for one day. It's really the greatest day of all time.